where does the time go? Where does it go? Here we are. It's almost it's almost Christmas. It's it's crazy. So we've got a, a fantastic show for you today. You 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 got another good one. This is going to be part two of our little sit down with uh, with Mr. Greg Gutfeld. We had him on last week. There's a lot of rock and roll talk, a lot of punk rock talk and stuff. Now uh, we're we're dipping in a little bit into uh, how he got involved with Fox News, and we can talk a lot about Red Eye. There's some inside scoop there. It's a great time. It's a great time. So we're gonna we're gonna kick off this segment, the big opening segment. As always, we're gonna well, first of all we gotta uh, welcome back the Liberty Gimlet from Nashville. You took a little you took a little weekend holiday to Nashville. How was that? Yep, I had a blast. Nice. It's a good town. That's a yeah, very could... very good town. Spent some time on Broadway, and then we spent some time in Printer's Alley, and then we went to the Opry and did that tour. Oh, okay. And um, also went to Andrew Jackson's house, and I remembered your thing from the History Channel. Nice. How how was yeah. Andrew Jackson's house? Really interesting. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, inside, like, a lot of the stuff is original from, like, wallpaper from 1818 that stuff's crazy yeah and it, it looks more like a painting and they used to make it and it comes on numbered it came on numbered panels so that it would be hung in the right order so that the, it actually looks like it was intended wow um, but i think the most touching thing to me like and this is weird i know um was uncle alfred's grave who uncle alfred he was um I like how I like how you think I would know that. <laughs> well, I, but you like you okay. like so much about Andrew Jackson in that video. I thought Good maybe point. you would. Good point. All <laughs> right. So who's Alfred Uncle Alfred? Was, Alfred um, was a slave on the plantation, and pr- after being emancipated, decided to stay on. Yeah. Um, and he lived to be like ninety-eight years old. Oh, wow. And so when they turned the house into a museum, he was the first tour guide. And he actually turned it into quite a quite a thing for himself because he sold pictures of himself and autographed them, a whole bunch of other stuff. That's and, so cool. Um, and so Andrew Jackson and his wife are buried in the Greek Revival Memorial okay. kind of thing. Looks almost like something you'd see in D.C. I mean, it, it, it's interesting because he started that. He, I didn't realize he was the one that put the portico on the White House. That Greek no. revival style. And when you stand back, the front of his house looks very similar. Wow. See, um, I didn't know that either. I'm learning all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And, and so when he passed away, um, Alfred is buried just beside General Jackson and, and his wife in his own little section. Um, and it just says, uh, uncle Alfred, um, faithful servant for the general. Wow. That's, so, uh, and then like one of his granddaughters lived to be almost 101. She's buried damn. there. It's like a little family, a little family plot. Wow. That's a, uh, that, uh, he's an interesting dude. He's an interesting dude. And I love that kind of stuff. I love it. Like, uh, when I went to Graceland. 
years mm-hmm. ago, I was playing this comedy club in Memphis, Tennessee, and everybody's like, "Oh, you got to go to sort of you got to go to Graceland, you got to go to Grace." It's so tacky. It's so tacky. It's so hill, but you know, blah blah blah. So I went to Graceland, and I'm like, "Okay, so I'm a multimillionaire. I'm 18 years old, and the year is 1970." This is exactly what I would do. Like, there was nothing <laughs> tacky about it. I'm like, this is completely badass. So, but the creepy thing, well, well not creepy, but uh, at the time, I can't remember what year this was, but uh, many, many moons ago. But Elvis's, uh, his aunt was uh, still alive, and you could hear her walking around uh, upstairs. And it was like, ugh. That was just kind of, that had to be, has to be kind of creepy. For the person left behind when you hear the tour groups going on downstairs. Uh, but very cool. Very cool. Andrew Jackson's house. Uncle Arthur. Fantastic. What? Any good music? Any new, any new like, little indie country bands that you discovered that you're like, I had to buy their CD? Um, oh, not bummer. really. Most of, most of the ones we were, we were in um, were playing um, covers. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, not not really to we we almost went to a show at the Opry, um, but decided against it. And this is the this is the one downtown. This is the original, right? No, no, it's the new one. Oh, okay, yeah, it's the new one. But um, what they did is they took a piece of the floor from the Ryman. Yeah, and it's a circle. On the current Opry stage, yeah, I, I I'd want to see the Ryman. I mean, I'm sure the new Opry's kind of cool, and I'm sure uh, it's awesome and everything. But there's just something special about those uh, about those old joints. So I'm glad yeah. you had a great trip in Nashville. Oh, and I want to make sure we give a shout out to uh, to this place. You said you had one. You, you had a, like a, a Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Oh you my said god, it was amazing. Best Where from? Nashville hot. Uh, it's called Red Six Fifteen. It was uh, named. I guess he has a food truck, and it was named the best food truck in the state of Tennessee by wow. the Food Network. Damn! And now he has like a. It's not. It's not like a walk-in, sit-down restaurant. He has like a permanent, like walk-up counter. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he actually sells the spice that he uses. And it okay. was so interesting because it was so freaking hot. His coleslaw was great. Ooh. Um, but it had a like little sweet finish to it. Really spicy, but a little bit of sweet. I uh, I, I, I love that stuff. I saw a recipe. This dude almost put it on the website. Almost put it on the website. If you want a great, if you want a great cheeseburger, there's a great recipe on the site uh this this dude that i discovered on youtube it's it's almost like a smash burger you you can make it at home you can make it yourself it's a very simple uh recipe same dude no it was a different guy had a recipe for a nashville uh hot sandwich and if you i don't see i got no problem doing the doing the prep work you know mm-hmm. this guy what he does is he uh, soaks the chicken breast. We will get to politics. I swear to God. I swear. And entertainment and stuff. But I'm just my mouth is watering just thinking about the sandwich. What this dude did is he took the chicken breast and he soaked them for a couple of hours in uh, pickle juice. 
You know, I hear that's what Chick-fil-A does too. Uh, Chick-fil-A does something very similar. Does I don't, yeah. but I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's pickle juice, but y- yeah, yeah. I don't want to give away their secret, but I, I met a dude from uh, Chick-fil-A years ago. Uh, and I feel like I'm b- betraying them if I spill the beans, but this dude, <laughs> but this guy, like I'm watching the recipe and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to make the sandwich. I'll make the sandwich. But like, he goes, he, he goes out and he gets like this industrial size container of just like pure pickle juice. I'm like, I don't know where I could pick that up. I can't slide down the road to Kroger's and go give me a gallon of pickle juice. I got to eat like a case of pickles to get a gallon of pickle juice. But it looked, it looked incredible and it fried up so crispy and oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah, no, this one had a terrific crunch too. Yeah, I love it. And when you can get that, we can get that crunch and then the chicken is still uh, moist. And yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the same thing with the burger recipe, the smash burger yeah. recipe on the site. Yeah, you get a little bit of crunch on the edges, but on the inside, it's just cooked perfectly. Okay, um, that's that's all well and good. We're not going to do a whole – we should maybe one episode just do a, a cooking show. So uh, Gutfeld is going to be on. It's part two of that. We've got to get into – and I don't, I don't want to – I'm thinking about how to attack this. We've got a. I'm going to talk about the Mandalorian as much as I can without spoilers because I know you haven't seen it yet, uh, Gimlet. Uh, so there will be Mandalorian talk. We're going to do it in the body of the show. There'll be other stuff for the Patreon peeps uh, later. We got to keep going on this election fraud and this uh, Dominion software. There's so much craziness coming out that I don't think anyone has heard. I don't think most people uh, have have heard these insane uh, allegations. I got to get to uh, the tweet right now. First of all, I want to say this. Let's just talk. Let's just talk about this. This one's this one's breaking right now, right before uh, I got an email about this one. When you add up the total numbers of uh, voters this year, they're saying now the numbers don't work. They're, they're saying there, were, uh, there was a 66% turnout this year. And between Donald Trump and third parties, that was, there was uh, 78 million votes. And then if you add in the amount of votes they're claiming for Joe Biden – you're off by about 16 million votes. The the actual the vote totals are way the f off. Are way the, now maybe that's an accounting error. Uh, maybe they got to go back and look at it again. But this email just came uh, blasting through to me about this. And, and and what maybe what they'll probably do is just the adjust the number of uh, of of voter turnout. But I found I thought that was very odd. Next. We have to uh, turn our heads to the uh, Dominion software thing and the the whole – we were talking about this about Antrim County in, in Michigan and how uh, uh, the, the audit and I guess there was things uh, – there were, there were things redacted from that report, which now people are – uh, I guess unredacting. Oh my goodness! 
but it looks like it, it was flipped. It was flipped. It was flipped. It everything. Yes. Uh, here we go. The redacted information in the Dominion audit reports shows that races were flipped. Uh, this is from the forensic audit of the Dominion voting sy- systems in Michigan. Uh, and Michigan won- wanted to redact how the outcomes of races were changed. There's, It's looking like there's more to this Dominion thing than we first thought. I know Trump had uh, Sidney Powell uh, come into his office and Mike Flynn came into his office, uh, I think, on Friday. And they had some big kind of uh, meeting. Now, of course, the media is trying to scare the bejesus out of everybody going, he's talking about martial law. And if Trump has come out and said, yeah, I'm not doing martial law, yada, yada, yada. But either way you slice it. Here's how I try to look at it, you guys. Seriously, no comedy here. Uh, it just can't be this this shady. And this is what I say, you know, publicly. I say it on Facebook. I say it on Twitter. I'm saying it here. Like, if if Joe Biden got... 80 million votes and it's all legit, then then there you go. Them's the apples. But if this software was flipping races and there was a 68% error rate in, in Antrim County, Michigan, that bears looking into. I think left, right, or center, you'd want to look into that. And then, oh my gosh, another another shocking behind-the-scenes video comes out. These they're they're auditing. Uh, the vote down in Georgia and this older couple just just has just this crazy huge stack of like that's the same. These are all these all have the same signature. They all have the same signature. And you're like, what is going on? So I guess and this is what drives me crazy about it. I guess they're talking about doing another audit. You probably know you're a Georgia girl. Uh, another audit down in Georgia to look into some of these irregularities. And they're doing one in in Arizona. And uh, yeah, they're irregular, but it won't affect the 2020 election. They're just going to blow by it. They're going to go, okay, yeah, that was kind of goofy, but we're not going to we're not going to get to it. We're not going to get to it till uh, after uh, Biden is sworn in, and that's what drives me absolutely bonkers. What do you? Oh yeah. What do I hear? Um, I haven't heard a lot in the last couple of days because I've been out having fun. So I'm not aware of another audit in Georgia, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah. Well, what about this DNI report? There's this new DNI report coming out about China's interference into the election. And they're like, yeah, it's not ready quite yet. We're not going to be able to do that till later on. Uh, and it and it won't affect. It's like. This. One thing has come out of this the last the last few years, just this whole uh, deep state, for lack of a better word. It's these career bureaucrats who are just going to drag their feet. And it's like they don't want their fellow career bureaucrat to ever get in trouble. So they're always going to they're always going to slow roll things. They're always going to make sure it doesn't come out. And then when the media helps them out. You know, by not reporting it, not making a big deal out of it. And it's like this this lie of omission. It just drives me so bonkers, man. Well, you know, I got so frustrated, not this past, not this weekend, but the weekend before that I had to, like, actually make a decision. Yeah, not to be angry anymore. 
Right. Like, I can't, That's a good I one. Can't, it's it's it takes a lot out of you. It really does. You and know so what? I'll Go ahead. Go ahead. Put myself into something positive and optimistic, and I I have a really hard time ex- fully explaining the number of things that I view differently now as a result of President Trump's policies that are like rather shocking to me. Explain that one. Explain that one. Well, I mean, I, I'd heard Tucker Carlson say it and and a few other people say it. And I think our friend Ryan Gerdusky has said it. And, and like, you have to get over this whole free market, free trade, you know, as religion thing. And now I look at it as, yes, we should have free and fair trade with our allies, but not with our enemies. Mm-hmm. Like, all of a sudden, I just remembered, like, yeah, we didn't really do a lot with Russia during the Cold War. And you can't yeah. tell me we're not in a Cold War now. They, that's exactly what they'll tell you. That's exactly what they'll tell you. And that's where, and here's the thing, and I'll just say this, and it's like, maybe there's a comedy bit here. Maybe there's a stand-up bit. Here's the great thing about being a Democrat, right? When you get pissed off, you can just break shit. You can just burn stuff down. It's like. Yeah. We can't riot. We can't riot. Because if you get a bunch of conservatives out on the street and we're like, here we go. Here we go, fellas. And then you go by somebody. You're like, oh, no, that's somebody's business, man. They worked hard on that. Don't don't burn that down. No, no, leave it. Leave it. All right. Let's go down the street. Oh, no, no, no. Somebody works there. We can't do. There's like no outlet for the for the rage. I have to. I'm just I got this feeling in my bones that like something is just about to snap. You can't keep this kind of tension going without without somebody snapping. I just don't know where it's going to I just don't know where cool. it's going to be released. I mean we had there was that big march down in DC. Yeah, that was nice. And but you literally had four Trump supporters get stabbed and all the media said is four people were stabbed like it was the Trump supporters that were stabbing people. Yeah. Yeah. That it was the proud boys. It was the proud boys. It was the Boogaloo gang or whatever the hell they call them. Yeah. No, it was I mean, I listened to Elijah Schaefer who was there covering it and saw it. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "No, those those were Antifa stabbing people." But that's the thing, like, that's the other thing I'm jealous. I'll just, I'll just be honest. I'm jealous. Like, with Antifa, you, you get the destruction. You get to do the fires. You get to build forts and say you got your own country. You get to do stuff, right? They, they, right. Have, they have outlets. Like, oh, I'm going to go get a new black hoodie and a new backpack, and I'm going to get a new bike lock and whack people upside the head, and I'm going to make – it's like – they get they get to burn stuff down. They get that outlet. Mm-hmm. I, I that's what I need. I need like an animal, just raw, just passionate, just an outlet. I need, I need an outlet. I have to think other people are the same way. I can't imagine you're be you're you're a business owner and you know you're trying to open up and some douche with a 
freaking man bun comes in and starts writing you up and says you owe the government 10,000 bucks because you're not supposed to be open. And meanwhile, you don't know what you're going to do. You just don't know what you're going to do to save your business. You don't want to lose everything. Like, what do those people do? What do they do? It's great. We can have marches and, and, and crap like that. But I, I guess we just have to hold on to this anger for another round of elections and hope that uh, the GOP puts up a real fighter. They put up a real fighter, someone who's not going to knuckle under. Just got to hope for the best. Be patient. The storm is coming. It's it's so frustrating. No, it is. And and it's got and it's like when you're when you're not just one of these total goofballs that sits back and complains. I want to I want to say this out loud before we go into the Greg Gutfeld show. I I Oh, it's a lot. We got we got to talk about COVID. We're gonna we're gonna talk about COVID and lockdowns and all this other stuff. But I, I watched uh, CBS Sunday Morning, and uh, uh, Jim Gaffigan did his little segment. I guess it was his week, and he's just like, "It's hard to wait. It's waiting's tough. We did a lot of waiting in 2020. We waited for this. We waited for the election." We waited for the lockdown to end. We waited for healing of America. And I just wanted to throw my couch like the yeah. Hulk. Through, just, through your TV. I'm, oh, I couldn't. Oh, my God. You see, it's one thing. Like if you're if you're doing really well and I you would have think these people would have learned this by now. If you're doing well, if you think the perception of the rest of the world is eh, they're OK, don't even complain. Don't even come close to complaining. You're not allowed to be sad. You're not allowed to be like we had to wait a lot. Dude, I guarantee you didn't apply for unemployment. I guarantee. T, you're not going out to the mailbox every day wishing and a hoping. I guarantee you're not losing sleep because you don't know how you're going to pay the bills. We did a lot of waiting. Oh, oh, man. It was the worst. Well, that it was, was like worst. that Pete Davidson sketch. I didn't see that one. Apparently, he was like mocking hard the business owners that are trying to open their businesses in New York and oh, was yeah. a real jerk about it. And I'm just sitting there going, dude, have you missed a paycheck? For real. For real. Like, it's like, and they, who are you? And, and Saturday Night Live did it again uh, this last Saturday. They had uh, Kristen Wiig on and a couple of other, and they came out and they sang this big opening number. And it's like, oh, so you're allowed to sing, but you can't go to church and sing. So that's how it is. Oh, and you can yeah. perform in front of a live studio audience and you can still get paid. And oh, it's just holly jolly. We, uh, it's, it's, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. I try to stay optimistic. I try to make fun of this stuff, but I, I just can't imagine anybody not opening their business. Just open your business. Screw these dickwads. We're we're in Nashville, and we did have a good time. But like, I, apparently, you can only catch COVID after ten o'clock at night. You were there for the taping of my special. You saw me do that bit. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, you can only catch COVID between the front door until your ass hits a chair. 
Yeah, yeah. COVID is about like uh, six feet high, but once you sit down, you're to eat, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is just ridiculous. Yeah, there's going to be more ridiculousness coming up. Holy crap! Um, there's a ton after uh, after Gutfeld, uh, Biden, Hunter, uh, Joe's niece. And then some some Eddie Izzard stuff, some Winter Solstice stuff, some Mandalorian stuff, and some COVID vaccine stuff. So stick around. We'll be right back with Mr. Greg Gutfeld. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy! best thing is when when i when i used to go to la before covid and uh i would go to a restaurant generally if people don't like fox they don't even know who i am but when you see somebody that knows who you are it's because they're a fan so like i'll walk into some place and there'll be a famous person there and they just stare at me and their eyes are open and i go that's a fan because if he didn't like me it would be a different Spots, but it's like, and I won't say, but it's like, they'll like look at me and I go, ha ha, I see you. And they point, they point at me and they go, yes. And they go, yeah, I knew it. I'm not going to say like Joe Pesci, maybe, or uh, anyway. Well, well, this is, this is a, a great little, a great little segue because you, uh, you, you know, grew up in California, you know, yada, yada, yada. That's so that's all great. And you made your how did Red Eye happen? I've always wondered this. Like, how did that show come about? And I'm, I'm going to blow a little smoke right before I, I'm going to let you answer. Because here's what Red Eye did for me. And I was on uh, Red Eye back in the early, early, early days. Yes, I think like the first month. I think so. Yeah. It was like yeah. I was from the satellite uh, in L.A. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is it. This is it. This guy gets it. It's a show. And, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what I loved about it is like, it's just people hanging out who see the world kind of the same way. They're not being douchebags. They're having a good time. They're laughing. And I'm like, that is it. Some college kid can stumble across that show and go, oh, these, these guys are laughing. They're having a good time. Yada, yada, yada. They just happen to be, you know, lean to the right politically. So I, I so how did that show happen? Yeah, to, 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 let me just put out to your point about the laughing thing. I do believe that when you come up, when you come across something like Red Eye or the Five or the Gigi Show, 
it's instant dislike, repulsion, confusion, and then adherence. Because at first, when you hear the laughter, you think, I'm not laughing along with them until you are. If you're not laughing along with them, you hate them. And then all of a sudden, something starts changing. And that was like red eye. If you didn't know any better, you thought it, you could mistake it for a morning zoo, like a really kind of like, <laughs> Bill, what happened today? Because like, if you don't know that we're actually fake, morning zoo and we're actually just like decrepit uh people crapping on each other you <laughs> might you might mistake like there are people i still get uh like emails from people that saying like i remember when i listened to red eye i hated it i hated it and then i realized that i totally misread it because they thought that we were we were like a morning zoo like z100 blah 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 yeah. and it's like andy bill and greg but it's actually, we were the opposite. We were like lo- self-loathing uh, um, mockeries. Of, we were Fernwood Tonight. I always say that Red Eye was Fernwood Tonight, but not as good. But okay, so how it started, I, I, I'll give you the, the elevator summary because it takes too long. I was invited to work on the Huffington Post before it launched. Right. By... And I started writing for them, and it that was a I was already editor in chief of Maxim in the UK, but it was writing for the Huffington Post that got me on the radar of television because who was this guy mocking Ariana Huffington and everybody on her own website? And of course, as you know, Andrew Breitbart was running the website, and I, my my name kind of blew up online. Everybody was like on Gawker, all these things were talking about who's this weirdo on area on the Huffington Post. Yeah. So I'm, I'm writing these bizarre screeds, but I'm living in London. And then I get a, a Breitbart goes, Hey, Gutfeld, you know, there's a guy that lives out there. They want to talk to you about something. And I said, sure. So I meet this guy at a bar in Chelsea and he's, <laughs> which happens a lot. And I go, <laughs> and he starts telling me, he starts like, they like, they were like basically kind of flirting, but not sure. They wanted to do a show. And to your point, it was, I think the way John Moody described it was like what a drunk person puts together from their fridge at 3 a.m. Like the, the <laughs> ketchup, some fucking, you don't have enough bread. You right? like, you make, you, you use the end loaves, the ends of the loaves and mayonnaise in there. Yeah. Eat it butter. So that, <laughs> that's how they described it. But so, um, so then they flew me over and I met Ailes and it was like an instant click because I was just like, I had done Fox. And I was a concern, and I go like, I know what I want to do. I, I'm a packager. I edited three different magazines, Men's Health and stuff, and Max. I know how to package things. That I'm a more of a producer than that, than a writer. And so I could, I could see this thing. The funny thing is, I wrote up a whole structure for the show, and the moment we went in to, to do the rehearsals, they didn't even look at the stuff that I offered. It always comes down to five segments. One's an opener. And each block is about a topic. So it's like, I had all these like, I had all these like pockets that I normally do in magazines, like little segments, like, did you know that? Or just like us, you know, things that you see in magazines, <laughs> like, no, 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 no. But the funny thing is those things work as like animals are great. Yeah. Or uh, Dana came up with one more thing or uh, like little, if you create little packages, people get excited about them. So, on Red Eye, we made a lot of weird little things. Me with the unicorns and the weird stuff with my mom calling in. And, yeah. uh, and but the, you know, the one thing that was great that, like, you know, they didn't want to do, but 
I knew that they weren't going to give Andy Levy a job. And so the ombudsman thing, the halftime report was my way of making sure. And also I thought that he, I thought that he was a, a sleeper. They just didn't understand him because his, he had such a halting way of speaking. He, that, and so, but that dude you know, cr- just crushed me like every time there's so many, I'm like, I'd be sitting in my, uh, my house watching it. I'm like, I hope everybody got that. I really hope everybody dude, got no, that. He did, he did stuff that was over my head. And it, the thing is, it's like, there was a guy who wrote, I think for the New Yorker, um, wrote our like kind of like our obituary and it's a great piece on red eye when it when it folded and he just i think he described him as the the olive in the dry he's like the the, the driest olive in a dry martini he's like it's yeah. just like it's a driest stand and he did a great job and then you had bill who was like this you know when it, like i remember walking outside went back when i used to smoke and there's jackie mason is walking down and he goes hey how's it uh how's that broken down fella the little broken down fella and i go bill schultz goes yeah how's he doing and it's like like everybody knows the little broke like it was like he had a persona everybody (laughs) like it's like when jackie mason comes up to you on the street and asks you about bill schultz (laughs) (laughs) but he gets described to as the as the broken down fella that's hilarious that's a persona that was a persona um that Bill developed in, uh, in me constantly insulting him, that worked out. So it, uh, it, it was a very good relationship um, for the three of us uh, to love hate. Love yeah. hate. Um, and and it's, it's one of those things that happens in bands, and, um, and it's hard to capture. I think on the five, you, you, you saw that with me and Dana, and I think you see it now with me, Dana, and Jesse. There's like this weird connection uh that that works and um it's harder to do with a weekly because you only see each other once a week yeah. so like if the gg show let's say the gg shows on every night you would probably see a more bizarre um not bizarre but a more intense back and forth with me and tyrus or me and cat because yeah. you see each other every day and i and um that's how chemistry is built so that's, it takes, I mean, I don't know how many, five years now. So it's like probably, two, what do you do? Uh, 50 shows a year, 250 shows. You do that in one year on a weekly. Yeah. Yeah. No? Well, I, I tell you, I mean, I mean not a daily, daily. Yeah. Perino, and I call her Perino because she's not here, but Dana, I, I, I don't know if you know this. So, so they brought me into Fox and they're like, cause, and it was very cool. Cause they're like, we know you're doing stand up and we know you're writing on these shows and would you even want to risk it and be more visible on Fox? I'm like, "Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's the cat's out of the bag blah 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 blah." They go, "Well, Greg, Greg has some vacation time coming up." So, you're, you're my fill-in, Michael. How does that make you feel? <laughs> dude, so check this out. I I I loved it. So I show up. I'm in the green room at like 3:30 to get into yeah. to get into to makeup because I'm pretty sure the show tapes at four and then yeah. they air it at five and so yeah. everybody's like you're so early you're so early and then I, like yeah. I, I perform I do stand up I don't do I haven't done a lot of live TV Dana was so cool she was just like hey don't worry I'm not gonna let you make an ass out of yourself it'll all be okay you know what's funny it's like I think I mean that's very helpful. 
uh, because we do that thing every day, it's like you. It's like whatever you do every day, you don't realize that it's something new for somebody else. And uh, sometimes you will see it when somebody's on and they, their shit falls apart. And it's like, yeah. you go like, oh my God, it's like, you need to help this person. But they're not even, they didn't even expect it to happen. They didn't expect in the middle of the set, like the, one of the things that happens, uh, and this has happened to me when I, uh, this happened to me when I did Hannity and Combs, I, when I was living in London, and this might've been 2004 and I did, so it's like two in the morning or three in the morning and I was doing Hannity and Combs and I lost my train of thought in a sentence. And when you're a guest on a show and that happens, there's almost no way to get it back. You, right. you start like you start you almost like go, and and what happens is you get into the catastrophic thinking. Uh, uh, it's kind of I'm, I mean you you must know this. I don't do stand up. I've never done stand up. But in stand up, when you're when you feel that you are bombing or something's happening, you could spiral. And that's yes. what I, I've seen. Yeah, I've done that on shows, and I when I see it happening to people, you can actually see their face. And you've got to like you've got to like. Uh, uh, <laughs> Like I remember Combs saved me uh, uh, during that because uh, he saw something happening and he just dove right in and like, F and so nobody noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. There's that, there's that horrible feeling when you're on stage and you do a joke and you know, it's a home run, you know, it's a home. You just told the long ball joke and it yeah. like, it's, it's a little dribbler to first <laughs> and you're like, wow, my home run just barely got me on. And then you start thinking and it's when yeah. you start thinking, thinking. The, yeah, it yeah. can go bad fast. Okay, I don't want to let you go ever, uh, but but without talking about the your new book, the plus. That you don't have to talk about it. You don't have well, to talk. About it. Listen, <laughs> did it, you read well, it? I I did not read it. I'm I know <laughs> the guy the guy the guy who wrote it has a show I'm on from time to time. Oh, but we're not you like don't have to, the thing is, you don't have to plug it. You don't, because like it's like the. You know what's the great thing about the pluses? That was not part of my um, book contract. It was an idea that I had in the middle of the night. So it's like if I make any money off it, that's great. But I I, I made it clear. I go, I'm not interested in this being like, oh, we got to. But then it did great because of that. I, I it taught me a lesson that if you don't care about something being successful yep. as much as it, and so and that ends up just flying into the self help. Uh, bestseller list and and it was also really a breeze to write and people really liked it because it's i mean it, it was it's a pot what i tried to do is i could a miserable misanthrope write a self-help book and what would that be like that was the experiment for me it was like i want to be a better person and it happened right before covid and it's like okay i want to like i want to it's like uh, what your producer said about batman becoming batman like learning skills yeah. to become better and that's what, and so it ended up becoming a success just organically. I hate saying that because that's so fake. By the but way, did you, notice that Dana, did you notice that Dana has a new book out now? I did not. What's her new book? It's, not, it's, it's hilarious. You've got to look at the cover. It's great. It's called Everything's Going to Be Okay. <laughs> it's like perfect, but it's a self-help book. It's a self, <laughs> she looked at what I did, the little, the little idea thief. She looked, oh, Greg did a self-help book. I'm going to do a self-help book. Is, but you got to look at it. It's, I think it's called Everything's Going to Be Fine. Wait a minute. Yeah. Let me just look it up. Is the, but dog, you gotta, is but the it, dog on the cover? Is there a dog on the cover? No. No. Really? Um, but, no, but let me see if I can find the uh, thing real quick. It's called, let me just do Dana Perino. 
I love this that I'm on Skype and you can't see me because then I can do shit that you yeah. can't see. Dana. Yeah, well, here's so, I like when you when you Google Dana Prino, you get Dana Prino husband, Dana Prino age, Dana Prino salary, Dana Prino net worth. Let's try books. Isn't that great <laughs> when you, you stuff it? It's called Everything Will Be Okay and uh, Life Lessons for Young Women uh. from a Former young woman. Uh, so it's half the audience know, is gone. Half the audience is gone. I'm, I, I'm, we, we made fun of that, but you know it's going to – who buys self-help books, right? It's, 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 she's going to go to number one. And she just did this. She did this to get back at me for doing a self-help book. She's like going, if Greg can be positive, that's my turf. That's <laughs> my turf. It's, well, to the, to the success of the book – and like it's it's always wonderful when you're just putting out content and and you're not squeezing. You know what I'm saying? You're yes. not trying too hard. You're not pushing too squeezed. hard. I've not squeezed. Like sometimes in some segments on the five, I'll have to squeeze. Like if we, you know, if we're doing something on sequestration. But you know what's interesting is if you don't squeeze and just see what your brain does. I've learned a lot. Believe it or not, I can't believe I'm saying this. I learned a lot from Jesse Waters. Jesse Waters flies by the seat of his pants. I said it to Jesse. I could not stand him. Like when he used to do the uh, Waters World stuff. Yeah. I I thought he was so cheesy. And actually, <laughs> no, I did. His collar up. But he's actually, he's a star. Like he's a star in the making. And, and uh, I, I really feel like he knows what he, like there's something, you know what he is? He's Fred Willard. He knows what he is. Like when yeah. Fred Willard would be himself on, um, Fernwood Tonight or Best in Show where like uh, Jesse can actually walk into his own persona and flap it around. And I think that's like, that's a really rare gift to be, to know what you are and poke fun of it at the same time is, is incredible. Yeah. So I, yeah. That's my only nice thing I'm going to say about him. By the way, he's never going to hear this podcast. Well, so. <laughs> <laughs> most, they will, they will. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm gonna send. I'm gonna. I'm gonna download this, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna send it to Jesse. Yeah. And make sure he listens. Here's how we're gonna. Here's how we're gonna leave off. Um, we're gonna circle back around to guitars before we stick the dismount. One okay. of the guys. I did this Freedom to Laugh uh, tour. It was uh, myself, my buddy Reno Collier, and my good friend uh, Brian Hayner. Brian Hayner's a big time studio musician, uh, guitarist, and I, I reached out to him for help. His son. Uh, started the band Avenge Sevenfold, and oh, Brian's say yeah. what? I know the band Avenge Sevenfold. I know. Yeah, them. yeah. But he's got a school. Uh, this it's the Sinister Gates School. S Y N Y S T E R. Sinister Gates School. And he gave me some ticks when when you're doing like that metal stuff, that that palm muting. There's some there's some really cool stuff. It's all about your wrist. It's all about your wrist. And and you, will you send me that? I'll send. I'll send you a link. I'll send you. I'll send you a link to uh, to the Sinister uh, Gate School. I'm doing some blue stuff. Here's what I want to do. I'm. I'm. I want to learn to play whatever Keith Richards was learning and listening to when he was a kid. That's what I want to learn how to play. Okay. So, but isn't that have a lot to do with the tuning, the drop D tuning? Well, no, uh, Keith didn't do that till much later. Keith didn't do that oh. o that open G stuff till much later. But oh. uh, but this is great. This is um awesome. Congrats on everything. Uh, congrats on quarantine. Stuff on guitar because I I it, like 
I refuse to believe that I can't do this. You can I do it. You can do it. And it's crazy. Do, it's like dude, once I do it, you, I'm putting out an album. Buddy? I am. Oh my god. This is hilarious. That's I just I reached out I reached out to my buddy a couple weeks ago. I'm like, we gotta do an EP. I wanna do, dude, I got some Bo Diddley stuff that, that I'm writing. He's doing crazy. Metal. I, was, wait. I, I by the way, I so I was in a band called Phallic Death back in 88, 80, no, 87 or 86 at Berkeley. It's called Phallic Death. I was the lead singer and it was rap metal. Think about how ahead of the time that was. And yes. we were, in California, and uh, and I would sing like this, but that was like that was before that was around Slayer. Yeah, good. But anyway, that's for we can talk about that some other time. Yeah, that's that's there was a there was a band when I was playing at the Ohio State University back in the back in the eighties. There was a this these this crazy group called the Royal Crescent Mob, and they were doing this rock funk rap fusion thing like way before the chili peppers were doing it and you're yeah. just like this is insane and it's fun and it's good okay so uh congrats on everything i want to follow up i'll send you the links to the guitar stuff because it'll, it'll it'll help i'm still learning too i'm still trying to put it all together congrats on the book uh the five thanks for thanks for the behind the scenes peek into red eye tell yeah. tell perino yeah. i said thanks i will and i apologize in- Say what? I apologize for swearing. I think I swore three times. No, this is it. This is the place, guy. This is the place. So I don't get in trouble then. Like, I don't get a call from Fox. Uh, we heard this uh, podcast that you were on. <laughs> they, they used to do that. I, think they, I don't think they have the time for that anymore. No, they <laughs> I, I don't think they have the time for this one. All right, All right buddy. You're a champ. Have you, a good I, one, buddy. Hope to see you soon. Yeah, GG I think- show. I think you just might. The Great Gutfeld Show, everybody. Watch it every Saturday. There's nothing more predictable in life than the unexpected. Lightning will always strike. Hail will fall on roofs. Fortunately, there's AAA. AAA has been helping members stay prepared for over a hundred years. So when unusual storms, fall in debris, or sudden leaks happen, you'll be covered. Check, check, and check. Get the home and auto insurance you need by talking with a AAA insurance agent today. Visit AAA.com slash insurance or stop by your local AAA store. Ready to stand out, Army ROTC prepares you not only as a college student, but as a strong leader, allowing you to earn the rank of second lieutenant. You will be eligible for full tuition merit-based scholarships and develop leadership skills essential for your future. Start strong and enhance your college experience. Visit your campus Army ROTC representative today. To find out how you can earn up to a full tuition scholarship, visit GoArmy.com slash podcast to locate your closest ROTC program today. Army officers inspire strength in others. Paid for by the United States Army. I like that dude. I like him. You know what it is about Gutfeld? There's no, uh, there's no like middle gear. It's all like straight to fifth gear. Straight to he goes from zero to eighty. There's no, there's no middle ground. And and right. 
seriously, it, it's a good thing. I'm on hold uh, to do his show this week. That would be, it's always, always a good time. Always a good time. Um, mm-hmm. And last time I was on, Tyrus was, Tyrus was in a, a very good mood. You know what, you know what happened? I, I didn't even realize this. John Schneider, uh, the, the dude from Dukes of Hazard, did some kind of like wacky uh, remake of that Burt Reynolds movie, uh, Smokey and the Bandit. And Tyrus mm-hmm. was, and Tyrus was in it and like plays the sheriff. Now I have oh, to see okay. it. Now I have to see it. Okay. So going to be honest here about uh, COVID thoughts, vaccine thoughts, and uh, some, some breaking developments. And this is, it's a catch-22, you guys. It's a catch-22. There's something in my gut that's just telling me don't do it. That's just telling me don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Am I glad there's a vaccine out there? Sure, I guess. Rah, rah, team humanity. <laughs> However, I ju- it seems so fast. Now I know that was the whole point. Maybe I'm, I, I, maybe I'm missing the whole point, but it's like, I, I don't, if, I, I, I don't. If it was fast and like every other vaccine, okay. Go if ahead. It was fast and it was an attenuated virus, a weakened form of the virus that triggers your immune system. I'd, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. It's like every other vaccine, but I don't get a flu vaccine either. Me neither. Because it's not that effective. And right. so, but like, should, should an older person who already has like maybe heart problems and stuff maybe think about a flu vaccine? Sure. But it, it's not like every other vaccine. And yeah. they're saying things about this vaccine that just don't make any sense. Like they make it makes no sense to say, well, we know it'll keep you from getting sick, but we're not sure if you can still transmit it. Explain that to me. There's so much even possible. There's so much gray area. And it's like it's like with everything. And I I just I'm I'm not a fan of and I I don't want to get too angry again, but just like how freaking murky everything is like just to use it as an example, not to change the subject. But like with the election stuff, you have you have uh, these people on on Twitter and you have these outlets going this. Oh, my God, this happened. This happened. And then you have some other outlet go that didn't happen. And here's why it didn't happen. And here's why. And it's just like, so what what is what really is going on? I don't want to get all, uh, you know, ticked off. However, with the with the vaccine, it's like, well, it's a new kind of vaccine. It's a new kind of science. Uh, the word like R, you hear RNA uh, thrown around a lot. So it's so it's a brand new style of vaccine, and we're sure about this. Yeah. But you still have to wear a mask, and you can't go outside. Why, why, why am I getting this? Why am I getting this again? So it's it's. <sighs> Bring it. Pull it together, woman. Pull it together. Okay. So like, if 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 I hadn't. Elderly relative, yes, that was had pre-existing conditions. That was living in a nursing home or an assisted living place. I'd be like, yeah, you should probably do that. Yeah, 
Because because what we don't know is the long term effects. Am I going to sit there and be thrilled if one of my kids is made to take it by their employer? Absolutely not. That's... Especially since one of them has had COVID. There's no reason somebody who's had it needs a vaccination. Amen to that, sister. And, Amen and to so, that. Like, my whole thing is you keep saying these things about this virus, Dr. Fauci, that do not apply to any other virus in the world. So you're making some extraordinary claims here. You need an extraordinary story to back that up. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, and, this and is going to sound harsh as well. This is going to sound harsh as well. But the survivability rate of this thing, like why are we even, why are we even going so far down the road of a vaccine for this? Like it seems like a huge overreaction. Well, and then they're not even reporting what's going on in Europe right now. It's like you read my mind. Portugal has outlawed quarantining people based on a PCR test. They can't do it anymore. Nice. Because the test test cycles are too high. And going to a PCR of 40%, according to one study by Jafar et al. That is published, published on the NIH's website. Only 3% of tests at a cycle count of 35, 3% at 35 can actually grow in a culture. At 35, only 3% of tests can make photocopies of themselves. And we're going to 40. Yeah, I don't. At that point, it's like mostly noise. And then here's so here's the latest. Here's the latest. And I don't know if you were up on this one, but but uh, but Boris Johnson, our good friend over there in England, has, you know, here comes another strict lockdown, a, a ginormous lockdown, a lockdown of all lockdowns like you've never seen before, because they say there's a new strain that there's a new strain of COVID-19. Maybe we're going to call this one COVID-20. COVID-21 has a better way to it. Viruses mutate. I'm not impressed. That's why you need a different flu vaccine every year. Exactly. Which which begs the question, to, and that's why I don't get the flu vaccine, because you never know which strain of flu is coming out, and it's like the, the odds of, it's like roulette. Like, why even, whatever. Um, but like, so does the vaccine work on the new strain? Or is there a no clue? Like, like I don't want to rush uh, pell mell into this, and and I'm I've I've thought about it, and I've got some things coming oh. up, and I might have to make some really really big decisions. But I just if oh boy, this is this this is a uh, this is taking us down a bad road. This is taking us down a bad road. I just, there's just, I just, and the election, it's the same feeling about the election. It's like that it just doesn't ring true. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm in denial. Maybe I'm in some kind of huge denial, but my same feeling with the election I have with the vaccine. No, I'm not a doctor. No, I'm not a scientist, but it just, 
it doesn't something just don't seem right. Something don't seem right. And there doesn't okay. seem to be an upside from getting it. Go ahead. So I told you about Portugal. They actually said you can't quarantine people based on this test anymore. Good. The Italians have filed a lawsuit. Against? Against the government for locking down their businesses and destroying them financially with a test that isn't even accurate. It's the same test we used. So then you've got a group of four lawyers in Germany that are suing the German government. Exactly. And this, this is great. This is great because it's kind of a, this goes around everything. So what will eventually happen is people will be mad at China. Like, because these small businesses will sue their local government. Local will sue the state. State will sue the Fed. And then the Fed will go, well, it really wasn't our fault. We have to look to China. And I don't think, at, at some point, some journalist will get curious. Some journalist will get curious and then... Uh, hopefully, there's still enough people alive uh, in China that work at the, work at this Wuhan lab, the Wuhan, that'll get to some kind of truth. Uh, I just keep coming back to uh, this FDR quote. You know, there, there's no accidents in in politics. If if it happened that way, it was planned that way. And I just I. I I, I feel uh I feel like a like a like a lab rat a lot of times. Like, ooh, how will they will will they get super mad if we do this? Ooh, what if we do that? I feel like I'm being cor- corralled and I I I hate that feeling. I hate that feeling. Yeah, I'm sure well, I'm sure the mouse does too, but the mouse can't do anything about it. I just the New York Times in July of this year, Dr. Anthony Fauci said on a podcast and test above 35, it's it's vir- virus that's not capable of replicating, basically. There's some general agreement around that number. Yeah. Then the New York Times gets the results from labs in three states and says, holy shit, only 10, 10% of these are real. Yeah. Then you have a Swedish immunologist who worked with Fauci. Dr. Dr. Beta Stadler come out and say, guys, they're just lying to you. <laughs> he said, first of all, the PCR test, all these PCR tests that are positive and people are asymptomatic, you don't have asymptomatic disease. And then yeah. I start looking at all the all the FDA or all the CDC stuff, and they are smashing together asymptomatic. And what I what is called prodromal spread, which is like when you're not feeling particularly well, maybe you're a little tired, but you don't have specific symptoms yet. Yeah. They did this whole meta metadata study that just came out. (laughs) Only 18 percent of household contacts catch it with a covid positive patient in their house. Only 38 percent of spouses who have the closest contact, catch it from their spouse. Something, it just doesn't add up. But we're masking in a freaking grocery store? Yeah, and and we're locking everything down in small businesses. You guys, sorry about that. You're not allowed to open your restaurant. 
and uh, it just it just doesn't. It shouldn't be this mysterious. It shouldn't be this mysterious. But there should be some did, kind of truth. I just want to know what's really going on. Go ahead. How do they just ignore Georgia and Florida? Because we there, literally there you have go. almost no restrictions. And None. That, and that is the other terrifying notion. Sorry, this this one took a turn for the worst. But it's like the narrative. You can, uh, you can, you can sense the narrative. Be afraid, be very afraid, trust the government. They know what's up. Be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. They don't talk about the numbers from uh, a lot of states unless it fits what they're selling. And then I'm like, why are you selling me anything? And and that's like- C.S. Lewis, in the atomic age, it's perfect. Go ahead, what's that? It's a short little thing he wrote, and I will pull it up. Yeah. And because it's short, I can actually read it. All right. While you're pulling that up. Okay. Uh, while you're pulling that up, we're going to get to some C.S. Lewis. we got to wrap things up. And I won't. This is a, this is a huge hiccup. If you want to read my review of The Mandalorian, it is up at theloftestparty.com. It's, it's there. If you have not seen The Mandalorian and you are in any way, shape, or form – a uh, Star Wars fan, you need to see it. If uh, if you wanted somebody to come in and and help save the franchise, hurrah, hurrah, hurrah! It is there. <laughs> we'll go into it next week. We'll go into it next week in in a greater detail. But let me just say, and like my review was just a big love letter to uh, John Favreau and everyone involved in the show from top to bottom. From top to bottom, like I have, I, I've, I've like nitpicky things, but what Star Wars fan doesn't? However, it it did what it needed to do, and there is a sweet payoff that just had me losing my mind. I was so happy. All right, do you have the C.S. Lewis uh, quote? I do. Okay. Now, whenever I say atomic bomb, just think COVID. Okay. okay? Yes. Search in one replace. way, we th- in one way we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in an atomic age? I am tempted to reply, why as you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or as you would have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia, a Scandinavian land, might have cut your throat any night, or indeed as you are already living in an age of cancer, age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids an age of railway accidents, and an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not us let, let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madame, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented. And quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. We had indeed one very great advantage over our ancestors, anesthetic. But we have that still. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of a painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. That dude was great. Wasn't he, though? That dude was great. Did you ever read? Uh, he gave a sermon, and uh, Andrew Claven. 
from the Daily Wire turned me on uh, to this. Uh, and it's this, it, it's just beautiful where uh, C.S. Lewis is, you know, he's like the guest speaker at this church and, and talking about at the, at, at the end of all things, at the end of all things, uh, it, it all boils down to, uh, you know, love and 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 being loved and and that that's what it's all about is love and like just a brilliant dude just a brilliant dude i like that yeah what yeah there was one more paragraph to it it's i'm sure i'm sure there was uh, it's, it's and, just like the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together if we're all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb let that bomb come when it finds us doing sensible human things praying working teaching reading listening to music bathing our children Playing tennis, chatting with our friends over a pint and a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep thinking about bombs. Yes. Yeah. And and wow, once again, it kind of pulls all together because my, my mm-hmm. I was so irritated with Jim Gaffigan. And we need to face up we need to face up to some hard cold truths. Fake news is the enemy of the people. Fake news mm-hmm. is 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 truly the enemy of the people, and we've been we're being led down some kind of path, and I don't like it. And they're holding back uh, facts, and they're holding back reality, and they covered for Hunter Biden, and they covered for the Biden family, and they they tried to pull this guy across the finish line. They said they showed no uh, intellectual curiosity into that. They did not want us to know the truth. And so anybody who's done it once will do it again, or they've already done it before. And I don't like not knowing where I stand with this, uh, with the whole COVID-19, the vaccine. I don't like being part of some narrative. I don't like just, oh, we're going to, how do we sway this opinion and all this stuff? And here's the other cold, hard fact. I'm sorry, you guys. Here's a harsh one. We're a nation of pussies. Yep. We, we really are. This whole Jim Caffey, it's hard to wait. Like this whole, and I, and I don't want to get uh, too dirty here, but just like, I, I don't know how else to say it. I don't know how else to say it. Like, why are people allowing, why are you allowing some little pencil-pushing bureaucrat, oh, oh we can't open our business. What are you going to do? Help is not on the way. Help is not on the way. There is no cavalry coming. You are the cavalry. You might want to grab a saddle and get on your horse. But it's time to go. Like, how much further do you let them move the goalposts? First, we had to flatten the curve. 15 days to slow the spread. Yeah. We're on like day 273 now, guys. And they're telling us the vaccine isn't going to do it. <laughs> right? What the hell is going on? And how much more are you going to make, let them move the goalposts? Because I'm sitting here in the state of Georgia. And I have friends <laughs> down in Florida. We're open. We're living. We're not falling over dead in the streets. And Joe Biden is going to get into office and make us freaking pay. He's going to somehow take federal dollars away from us or do something to try to force our governors to close. I, and they better not do it. And they they better hope that their uh, pussification of America works and that, that people still uh, take it. Like, they have Georgia's shown them. A, I, they have shown we themselves. We have a 4% unemployment rate right now. Georgians aren't going to not go to work. We've been going to work. 
But like, look at the look at the epic fail by the federal government. Look at the epic fail. They couldn't figure out a way, and they've they've been looking at this problem and they've been studying it. And since uh, freaking March, since March, uh oh, we told everybody they're not allowed to work. Nobody can work. Uh oh, what are we gonna do? And so they did their big ginormous stimulus package, and and that was just a shotgun blast of money, and it went God knows where, and good people got it, and bad people got it, and small, you know, it just went everywhere. So they couldn't fine tune a package that just went to the the people who pay taxes. Okay, you live in America, you pay taxes, you're not allowed to work. Here's money. We ha- they couldn't figure that out. Nancy Pelosi wouldn't allow it to happen. Money's got to go. It's it's just very, uh, it's very frustrating. We need more people. Imagine this. Like we need we need more people to get involved. Uh, this podcast, the 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 Facebook page, the YouTube channel. Job one. Let's get more people. So that when we hold events, there's a boatload of us there. When we make phone calls, there's a boatload of people calling. We just need more people, and then we'll keep and then we'll, and then we'll keep going. We'll keep starting. This is a great conversation. We're going to continue this. Uh, we're going to continue this on the uh, the Patreon page. We'd love it if you joined us over there. Uh, we got some we got some more uh, Hunter Biden stuff uh, coming up. We got some uh, Space Force. We got uh, Joe Biden's niece. Getting, getting the dewy. All right. So you're awesome. Thanks for being here. Let your friends know about the podcast. Be our friend on Facebook. Subscribe on the YouTubes. We're on Rumble. We're on Parlor. We're on Clout. We're everywhere. <laughs>